0: You are now listening to the 100% Elite Podcast with your host, Jeff Ingler. What is up, everybody? It is your captain back at it again with another episode of the 100% Elite Podcast. This is episode 57. It has been another jam-packed week of AEW content. We also have a little bit of Wrestle Kingdom 15 uh, for you guys. Uh, some great matches. I just couldn't not talk to the, about them. Uh, we have a little bit of the Impact Corner. Uh, really nothing happened. Um, but if you guys are not... ...following me on Twitter. Make sure you guys go hit up the 100% Elite Podcast Twitter page, hit that follow button, and if you share this podcast on your Twitter page and tag uh, that account, I will shout you out on the podcast, just like if you are listening on... Apple Podcast, and you rate this podcast, give a little bit of review, I will shout you out, read your review on this podcast, make sure you give it five stars, five stars, Um, but yeah, we had a jam-packed week of AW content, and it was just, uh, man, some of these matches were killer, the ending of Dynamite, everybody knows by now, was just... I mean, it's it's definitely gonna be one for the for the history books for sure. Um, but like I said, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit of Wrestle Kingdom. We're definitely gonna run through Dark. Uh, but before we get to any of that stuff, let's get right into some news. Um, so we got a couple things here. Um, the first thing is Brian Pillman Jr. will vacate the OVW Ohio Valley Wrestling heavyweight championship due to the uh, AEW commitments. Uh so he's he's gonna be there a little bit more full time. I know he's still under contract with MLW, so I, I wonder what, like how full time he's gonna be with uh AEW. I mean we see him there all the time. He was there in the main event on Dynamite. We get to talk about him then. But I, I'm wondering if he's gonna if he's gonna stick with this after his MLW contract is up. Uh, I'd be really, really excited to see the Varsity Blondes be on the roster full-time, get one of those spots like the Acclaimed did. Because the Acclaimed, I mean, they're rising to the top, man. They're they're in big matches with Young Bucks. I mean, they're killing it. Um, And I think the Varsity Blondes could do the same thing. I think Brian Pillman... Uh, Junior can definitely cut a promo, and Griff Garrison is just, I mean, the growth with that kid, we've seen him from the dark, the very beginning dark days where he didn't really look like uh, he belonged, and now he's a, he's one of, it's like he's graduated from that dark level to dynamite level, just hasn't gotten that image of all elite yet, Uh, Griff Garrison, I mean, he's big, he's athletic, he does a lot of old school moves that are really cool, so. I'm really pumped to see them uh, make it to the roster if they do. Um, the next thing on the docket, um, I don't know if people should be happy about this, but uh, ROH and Marty Scroll have parted ways. So he was the fucking booker of ROH. They they handed him, they backed the, the fucking money truck up to keep him in ROH when, uh, you know, the Bucks and Kenny and everybody kind of just dipped out. So, but I know he's got a lot of, like, um, scandal around his name, um, you know, when the whole big Me Too movement was going on. I don't even think it was Me Too. I think it was Speak Out. That's what it was. The wrestling world really, really took a hit there with a lot of talent. Joey Ryan, I remember him being one. But I think Marty Scroll had the same thing, and that's why he kind of, you know, took a back, uh, back burner. Slot there, but yeah, Marty Marty Scroll uh getting released and him leaving mutual part ways. What does that really mean? Were they just kind of saving face, or did he actually uh <laughs> actually leave here? Um, we also have uh, just a, a little touch on the video game. So Kenny Omega had that show 2.0, which was uh the continued. Part of the the release drop so he's just giving us a little update and uh kip sapien was there and he said i'm going to give you some questions to frequently asked questions about the video game so i'm only going to go through a couple of them um so the first one was the release date kind of unknown really uh he said um late 2021 or early 2022 so um I'm thinking if this doesn't if this pandemic, if we close down tighter um, you know because of all the stuff going on right now, if we close down tighter, I I, I, I would push this back to 2023 um, early, you know, maybe like a, a first of the year release kind of thing. Um, I know they are coming out with their casino game. that's one thing that they talked about pretty soon. Um, so I'm going to play that for a little bit, uh, to see what it's all about, but I'm really excited for that GM, uh, thing. They, they posted another video, uh, kind of showing a little bit more in detail where you can like add gimmicks, like add chairs to your wrestlers after you've booked the card and done all that stuff. It just looks really cool. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited to start playing that building up, you know, a roster and, and running shows. I think it would be really, really fun, um, So, yeah, release date, unknown. Uh, Number two was, yes, Create a Wrestler is going to be in there. It's going to be an extensive deep dive to all the things that you can do to your character. Um, Online is going to be a go for sure. Uh, That way you and your buddies can wrestle each other, wrestle together. It's going to be co-op. And then another one was cross play. So, I don't really think... um, that they have say in the crossplay thing, I think that's more of, um, a, you know, a Sony and a Nintendo and Microsoft kind of saying, yeah, which would they they only usually do with like the big, the big games like Call of Duties and and stuff like that. So maybe it might be crossplay, but I mean, I would be just fine with it coming out. <laughs> like it doesn't need to be crossplay. Um, you know, depending on when it comes out and what system it's, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be on PS5, you know, Xbox Series X or whatever the fuck they're calling it now. Um, I don't have either of those yet, but if I was to get it, uh, you know, I'd try to get it on the the newer gen system. So if, if you're not familiar with this game, it's going to be built Uh, the, the other question was, is it going to be in a simulation style or an arcade style? And they kind of said like neither and yes at the same time. So I think it's going to be more like a hybrid. So it's going to have like that arcadey type speed, but more like, a um, not simulation with the moves, but basically like, it'll feel like you're really playing as these characters and going in. So I, I think it's going to be, um, I don't know, like No Mercy, but a little bit more, um, I don't know, just more more in depth. Uh, I'm hoping that they have a really, really great storyline, uh, or maybe you could play like, um, like Historic Moments in AEW or something like that, where, you know, say you go back and you play Hangman and Chris Jericho, and you have to actually beat Chris Jericho and become the first AEW champion as Hangman Adam Page or uh, you know like that those kind of things like changing history moments I think those are really cool Um, so I mean it's going to be a lot of fun I can't wait to create a character uh, in this game I'm super excited it looks kind of cel-shaded like um, if you've seen the new Street Fighter games which Kenny Omega is like a big fan and very good at those games uh, it seems like it's kind of styled off of that so Maybe they might change it up and and it might get a lot better. Because the video that we saw is kind of like, this is what we hope it looks like at the end. I think they're going to do better than that. I think they're underselling this game uh, because they do that with a lot of things that they put out. Um, So I'm really excited for that. Uh, I mean, there's a lot more Kip and Kenny back and forth (laughs) with this thing. uh, But... um, that was pretty much it on the video game side uh let's get in to a little bit of impact wrestling so the impact corner this week um Kenny you know cutting uh another little promo in his rV um with the good bros uh and they're like comparing belts like one oh I want to touch yours yeah you can touch mine it's like very um <laughs> very weird little segment and it's you know Don Callis the the used car salesman as John Moxley put it which we'll we'll touch on that later for sure um but then later on you know you get the uh, Kenny and, and the good bros beating down the Motor City machine guns and the other dude i forget his name cuz i don't watch impact i'm only covering this stuff because you know Kenny's there with the fucking AEW world championship belt so I feel like I have to, I mean, um, I, if there's matches too, so say, I don't know, Sean Spears shows up, uh, in impact next week and has a match. I'm going to cover that. So you guys will hear, uh, what goes on, um, with all that stuff. There's also these really, really funny, um, <laughs> like, infomercials they're they're bought ads by Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone they played um the last like two or three weeks this week was like a Merry Christmas and he just is a savage dude he goes after Don Callis and um they're really fucking funny you have to I wonder if somebody's writing this for him or if he's cutting fucking promos man uh it would be it would be pretty cool if, if he was doing all this himself and uh, maybe we get an interview where he talks about it later after all this big angles over with, but the impact AEW uh, working relationship is, is in full fucking speed. It's man, this is exciting times. Um, so, uh, that was the impact corner. Uh, man, we're flying through this stuff. Let's let's get into Wrestle Kingdom. I think we should talk about this. Um, I'm only going to talk about four big main matches that really caught my eye. Uh, obviously, you can go watch uh, the rest of the card, New Japan World. Uh, you can subscribe like a Netflix account, or you can just go to DailyMotion.com and watch the full matches there. Um, I will tell you this, the Okada off-spray match um, that we're going to talk about it literally gets to the very end of the match and then it just doesn't show the end. Uh, so it was, you, you have to do a little bit of digging on that one, but we're going to go down this list. So night one, there was two nights of wrestle kingdom of amazing matches. I mean, there were so many great matches in these cards and they were long and they were hard hitting new Japan matches. So in night one, we had obviously Okada versus Osprey in a special singles match. Um, they went back and forth with this. The, the finish to this match was just this, uh, I mean, just this hard hitting style, new Japan style, just killer end to this match. So, uh, you know, Osprey hitting Okada with a Spanish fly, uh, Okada catching him with this beautiful drop kick and, and then hitting a rainmaker trying to lock in, uh, that money clip that he's been using, um, and then Osprey's reversing it, hit him with a tombstone pile driver, followed by a Rainmaker clothesline of his own. Um, but it wasn't enough to really put Okada away. Um, and it was another like near fall. I mean, there were so many of these. Uh there was a spot where Will Ospreay uh fucking suplexed him through the announcers tables, like these skinny little tables. Uh Okada got it, you know, kind of a beatdown in this. It was uh, Will Ospreay was not not fucking around. Uh, there was a, a a really cool spot where um, somebody gets tombstoned on the apron. I'm pretty sure Okada uh, tombstoned Ospreay on the apron, and it was fucking sick. Um, but yeah, the end of this match uh, was it wasn't enough to put Okada away after that Raymaker from Will Ospreay. Um, But Okada hit back with a tombstone of his own, followed it up with a final Raymaker clothesline to pin Will Ospreay. So Okada going over there. Um, The next match was uh, a a brutal fucking match between Tetsuo Naito and uh, Kota Ibushi for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, so it's two belts. Naito uh, versus Kota Ibushi. Uh, Kota Ibushi ends up picking up the win here, uh, taking both of those belts from Naito. I mean, dude, Ibushi in this match hits so many V triggers. Just they beat the shit out of each other. This was an incredible match, um, but the the night two is where shit really got real. Um, the first match we're going to talk about is Shingo uh, Takagi. I can't pronounce this. Takagi. Takagi? Versus, anyways, Jeff Cobb. His name is easier to pronounce. Uh, for the never-open world championship. Uh, this match was two brutal, just massive dudes I mean, they fucked each other up. Obviously, Jeff Cobb, you guys have heard of him. Um, the Tour of the Islands is that move that he does. Uh, he showed up and and beat the shit out of John Moxley. Uh, he was Chris Jericho's uh, hitman for a while, if you don't remember who Jeff Cobb is. he's He's been in AEW, I think he had two matches, actually. Or no, he kind of had like a run-in, and then he had a match with John Moxley the next week. Uh, the dude... Picked this guy up. He picked this uh this uh Shingo guy up, and did a moon power slam. A standing in the middle of the ring moonsault power slam. Like what the fuck? These are two like heavyweights basically. Um, but yeah. Um, it it was a it was a killer match. Uh, the the, the match that I'm the reason I even wanted to talk about all this was. Uh, Kota Ibushi, uh Two Belts Ibushi, as they're calling him, the God, uh, versus Jay White. Um, now, if you're not familiar with Jay White, it's the Switchblade. He um, is just a killer. He was. He's part of the Bullet Club and, or was. I don't know if he still is or not. Um, this was... This was... Uh, an insane, insane match. Oh, yeah, I didn't even say the the end of that match. Shingo uh, took the pinfall win after hitting that last of the dragon. Uh, it's one of the moves that he does for his finish. Um, so he beat Jeff Cobb in that match. Uh, but Koto Ibushi versus Jay White was absolutely brutal. They beat the shit out of each other. Koto Ibushi hit like five or six fucking V-triggers in this match. Um, everything looked hard-hitting. They looked like they left it all out there in the ring, man. Uh, it ended with a, a fury of V-triggers from Kodo to finish off Jay White. Um, Jay White just looked defeated after this and their press conferences after these matches. So in New Japan, once they're done, they go back and they talk to like reporters and all that stuff and talk about what their next move is. Uh, and Jay White... Just look defeated man He's like I've been doing this I haven't even seen my family in three years I'm done Like my contract is up After uh, the new year's dash Which is the next night And they had him lose Again So he's he's done um, And with this Is a little bit of a news segment So the WWE Is trying to Snatch up Jay White and uh, and take this talent from going to AEW because this would be a big get for AEW if they could if they could pull this off. Jay White would be amazing in AEW get to tell his story and and do a little bit of an easier style too. Um, I just fear with him going to the WWE that they're just gonna pay him to sit and they're not gonna be able to use him because he's not he's not as big as you know a Braun Strowman or anybody like that so he's not going to get the the tv time that he thinks I think he's going to be booked more like a fucking ricochet where ricochet is basically just you know getting beat by everybody right now it seems um but yeah that was that was Wrestle Kingdom 15 I strongly suggest you at least check out these four matches if you like that hard-hitting style that you know kenny omega got you uh you know back into wrestling like he did me check out these four matches you will not be disappointed um in any of them uh and without further ado ladies and gentlemen let's get into another fucking episode of two hour long dark <laughs> It was definitely long. It didn't seem like it was that long because some of these matches were really fun, um, especially this first one. So the first match was Nick Camarado versus Jungle Boy uh, coming out to his new music bought by Tony Khan uh, and, you know, literally bought it for him for a Christmas present. It's uh, Tarzan Boy uh, by Baltimore. And this dude backflipping knee drop on Nick Camarado from Jungle Boy was a really fucking cool spot. Uh it was standing. So just in the middle of the ring does a ba- uh, you know a fucking backflip and, and hits him with these knees uh the snare trap for the submission win. Uh you know pulling out something different from Jungle Boy here. Um, the next match was Nyla Rose versus Alex Gracia, The Pink Dream. Um Yeah, very short match. Alex tries, but uh, this big Samoan drop uh, into a clothesline and beast bomb for the win. Uh, And then Vicky gets on the mic and talks. And uh, then Nyla puts Alex Gracia through a fucking table. I'm here for the table spot. I tune out when Vicky Guerrero starts going, excuse me. I just can't. It's just not for me. I just can't do it. (laughs) Um... So the next match was uh, Scorpio Sky versus uh, Ariel Levy, uh, TKO for the win. This was a a nice little back and forth match. Uh, nothing really to write home about. Scorpio Sky is kind of stuck in this uh, dark rut, man. He really hasn't as had his time to shine on Dynamite yet. Um, I know he's got a podcast coming out soon called Wrestling with the Weak, where they're just gonna it's just gonna be him talking about whatever, they're really putting it over on TNT, which is nice, you know, back in their start, but I don't know who the other guy is, like, whatsoever, he seems like they show a little preview, like they've already got a bunch of episodes in the, in the back pocket, so, um, he seems like he's funny, and obviously, you know, Scorpio Sky's got a lot of uh, charisma and stuff like that, we all love him, so excited to listen to it i'm hoping it's great i really do because i have i don't know 17 different podcasts i listen to and if it's a big pack joe rogan week then i have one podcast that i listen to um yeah so the next uh segment it wasn't a match was marco stunt comes out and uh addresses brody lee jr and brody lee cuts this savage promo about how uh marco stunt uh, always has a big man or jungle boy behind him uh when he wins he never actually gets a win on his own and that when he grows up he's going to be a lot bigger than marco and he's going to beat uh him in the middle of that ring so nice little segment with uh Brody lee jr uh i really like this you know really making that kid smile um you know his oh man the last episode i hope you guys liked that episode i worked really hard to try to um to, you know pay a little bit of tribute to the 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 guy on the tv you know what i mean i i didn't know him but um i just i tried to do my best i changed the 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 logo to the purple it, uh you know it's going to be changed back this week i just uh, did it but the episode itself like, if you go on to Anchor, where I post these things, it'll always be purple from, from now on. So, uh, I mean, I can't do much. I bought the, the shirt, so uh, I implore you guys to do the same thing. And I know uh, CM Punk is uh, all of the money from his shirts from January, I believe. Um, all the proceeds go to uh, Bertie Lee his family and um so does mick foley's i think there's going to be a couple other wrestlers that do the same thing uh but yeah and then all of Brody lee's merch uh is the same way so go definitely pick that kind of stuff up um and help out if you can uh the next match was ray phoenix versus aaron solo do that fire thunder driver for the win uh oh, shit ray phoenix uh Moved up in my book Uh, We'll we'll talk more about him In Dynamite But dude They're nuts I mean he's absolutely insane The shit that he pulls off I just went back and watched uh, All Out uh, And watched that Young Bucks And Lucha Bros match And they do some fucking crazy I forgot most of this stuff At one point Phoenix jumps over Like a springboard Canadian Destroyer through a ladder. He jumps through the middle of the ladder, catches Nick, and and does a Canadian Destroyer. It's, it's fucking dope, man. That match, um, definitely needs a lot more love uh, than it than it gets. I know the the Revolution match with Kenny and uh, Hangman versus the Bucks is like the best match, best tag match of all time. But that ladder match, man, comes pretty fucking close in AEW. Um, so the next match was Louis Valley versus Brandon Cutler, TPK for the win. Brandon Cutler, man, uh, looking good here. I I, I really like his move set, the springboard stuff, the big forearm or punch, whatever uh, he's calling it now, um, is 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 pretty cool, man. Uh, I really like the progression that Brandon Cutler has shown uh, in his dark days, as we'll call him. Uh, the gear looks better. He's got better charisma. He, I mean, the promos that we heard him cut weren't bad. Um, I I would just like to see him stay on dark, get another storyline without Peter Avalon. So let's, let's get him involved in something to where, you know, he can sink his teeth into it and we can care once again about these Brandon Cutler matches, um, the next match was Angel Fashion versus Peter Avalon. Uh, Martini's for the win. Uh, Peter Avalon's losing me with this uh, this this whole gimmick right now. It's just not, I don't know, not doing it for me. But yeah, Martini's for the win here. The next match was Kylan King and Tesha Price versus Diamante and um, Kylan Kylan King had a great hot tag moment here uh, Diamante putting her in the, the Cuban links for the win, uh, nice little submission there, um, I hate that Kylan King's already losing this, like, she gets the new gear, she gets, uh, she gets a win, and then they just put her in the, in the toilet, I was hoping she was going to get signed, uh, I was hoping, you know, things were going to look up for her, but, you know, but Tesha Price and her look good as a tag team. That would be, that'd be a nice little spot if they if they bring tag belts to the women's division, which we've been clamoring for. Um, but after this, we had uh, the Gun Club versus uh, Mike Vernon and Bear Country. Um, sloppy fucking ending. Uh, but you know, quick draw for the win, Austin Gun. Uh, getting the win, which is always nice to see Austin actually, you know, getting the pin, getting the win here. Um, the next match was Vipress versus Shana. You know, I really, really did miss uh, Shana, you know. Uh, she came back just recently, but, man, uh, definitely getting the ring rust off uh, in this match. But there was that fucking running drop kick, like the running dropkick she does to the face when they're sitting on like the bottom row is just i mean it's aggressive it's brutal um and then there was that double underhook like face fucking slam um for the win here shauna picking up another win i wonder what they're gonna do with her i I like that her like uh her like um comeback is the is Goku's spirit bomb uh, stance puts her hands up in the air and uh, I don't know pretty cool little stuff I love the the gear the Goku gear Um, definitely really cool she has a really cool um, Vegeta gear if you if you google her she's got some pretty cool Vegeta gear hopefully she breaks that out that'd be awesome Um, but yeah I I wonder what they're going to do here I know we we gripe on the women's division all the time, but they just need storylines because we care about, uh, you know, most of the the actual women's, like, rosters talent, like the signed girls, like the Anna Jays, the the Ty Contes, Diamante, Lise, Like, it would just be nice for them to have some storyline. Uh, we'll talk about the women's storylines later in uh, Dynamite and how they're few and far between. Um and I know Brandy and, and Jade Cargill's kind of got put on the back burner, but get that girl in some matches, man. She, um, oh yeah, I forgot. She, uh, I don't know if it's her that came out and talked about it, but she, basically she started getting ready and, and training for wrestling to go to the WWE. She never was like planning to go to AEW. It just kind of, happened better that way because I think they wanted her to give up the fitness thing and she was like "Eh, yeah no um but yeah anyways women's storylines uh we want them definitely uh the next match was Matt Seidel versus Baron Black uh definitely going back to that you know submission technician style uh lightning spiral for the win dude that fucking finisher of his is so uh, just stiff, man, sweeping somebody right onto their fucking neck. Um, really, really cool. Uh, really awesome. Um, now the next match was Ashley Vox versus Thunder Rosa. Um, that girl is from uh, Team Sea Stars. Um, I think her sister is who, uh, Zach from the Can Heat podcast. Um, did an interview with, uh, and he's was trying to get Ashley Vox on. I don't know if he did or if, if, uh, if he was able to get her, but, uh, yeah, go over there, listen to, um, her sister, uh, the, her tag team partner, give a little bit of interview to, uh, the Canned Heat podcast. Uh, but yeah, fire thunder driver, thunder Rosa picking up the win. Um, obviously we'll talk about, uh, thunder Rosa later again. Uh, but the next match, Lee Johnson and the Captain Sean Dean versus uh, the Acclaimed. This was a great rap this time. Uh, really like <laughs> dissing uh, the Captain, kind of making fun of his gimmick, which I like the Captain gimmick. It, it's uh, it's my gimmick now. Um, but yeah, the Acclaimed uh, dude. There was a a dive over the top rope from Lee Johnson that was incredible. Uh, great backbreaker from uh, the captain i mean huge uh, to caster there um but the blue thunder um by shorty lee the blue thunder for for you know almost almost a win uh, and then they had a weird double team the acclaimed had a different double team than they normally do they normally do the acclaimed to fame um and uh, that's that elbow drop after Bowens hits that move. So they didn't hit that. They had a different uh, double team for this win here. The acclaimed picking up another win on Dark. Uh, I don't. I wish they wouldn't have gotten a feud with the fucking tag champs right off the bat. I, I wish they would have feuded with a couple other people before they just went straight for the belts because, you know, the SCU thing was. Um, I mean, I guess, but we'll we'll also get into that shit when we talk about dynamite. Uh, th- the next match was Fuego del Sol versus Danny Limelight. Uh, dude, the the power bomb like into the backbreaker was fucking sick. It was brutal. Holy shit! moonsault power slam off the top rope. He, like, uh, kind of cradled his leg. It was almost like a fisherman's um, Spanish fly. I don't know, dude. It was fucking crazy. Danny Limelight is definitely moving up in the dark rankings in my book. Uh, he's, he's having killer match after killer match. Um, he ends up on the end of Dynamite also. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit more later. But, yeah, Fuego Del Sol. uh Pulling out the blue uh, gear this week, uh, he didn't look like a fucking bag of flaming hot Cheetos uh, this week. So uh, moving on up uh, a little bit. My, I mean, he's a good worker. Let's get let's get it right here. Um, he's definitely, you know, showing how how great he is in the ring with uh, this match with Danny Limelight. Hopefully, he gets to pick up that win when he finally faces Q T Marshall. Uh, in a one-on-one match, hitting that Tornado DDT. Um, If you don't get my references, uh, Sammy Guevara's vlog, they've been kind of teasing that match for a while. I think it would be an awesome little spot there. I like QT, uh, his his dad bod style is what I call it, um, of wrestling, which I don't think we've seen QT Marshall wrestle since that. uh, um, Fuck, what was that match called? The bunkhouse, the bunkhouse brawl, the bunkhouse match, um, anyways, the one where he dove off of a fucking giant ladder, elbow dropped, the shit out of the blade, um, but yeah, this next match was a four-man match, it was, uh, Frankie Kazarian versus Griff Garrison versus Angelico versus Darius Martin of, uh, Top Flight, uh, kaz hits the reverse ddt for the win uh it was this was a crazy match there was a couple uh you know little spots here and there where you can tell people didn't know exactly where they were supposed to be right away but man um another great four-way match i like four-way matches actually because everybody's in the ring everybody gets to do their thing it's not a tag match where they're tagging in and out so it's you get a lot of uh a lot of big spots um So it's good for that. The next match was Sammy Guevara versus Michael Naka, Naka, Nakazawa. This was actually a really fun match. I really liked this match, Um, but he needs to get rid of his gimmick. I'm telling you, uh, Michael Nakazawa, if he just changed his gear and stopped doing that Turkish oil bullshit uh he's a great fucking wrestler. He's got a great like move set in this in this match. Um you know some of the spots he's really like takes it to Sammy in this match. Uh obviously running knee into the GTH for the win. Uh cutting this really heel promo like uh the normal I'm going to be the best. Everybody's going to know me as the best. I'm going for that AEW uh, championship, and he gets this like accent when he does heel promos for some reason. Like when he's all tired, he's got this like uh, this like accent. Like he he's trying to show like he's a, a hard ass or something like that. Because when he's on his vlog, he doesn't talk like that whatsoever. He doesn't have the accent, but this it's like almost like a like a new not a New York accent. But you just go back and listen to it, and then go back. I mean, go listen to his vlog, listen to him talk, and then go back to the end of this match and and listen to him talk, and you'll hear this this weird accent that he puts on to, like, make him sound more, e- like, heelish. I don't know what he's doing, but, um, yeah, kind of the same promo cut from Sammy that we've heard before. Um, so I guess he's going to go after the AEW title. I, it, it would be nice to see him and Kenny Omega really go after it. I mean just really lay it all out there. Uh, I know Kenny Omega talked about how Sammy Guevara busted his eardrum uh, being a little bit too stiff. so maybe maybe a little receipt coming back his way uh, would be you know in the works here. Um, but yeah, the last match was uh five, Allen Angels versus Serpentico. Uh, these guys are actually the same size. So the match really was kind of a back and forth thing. Um, the wing snapper for the win. Not much to write home about with this match. Uh, the wing snapper is a horrible fucking finish. I don't care what you say. It's just on par with a coup de gras And the stink face. And the other millions of finishers. Where you don't really think that it can actually put somebody away. Like... The wing snapper isn't knocking anybody out. That's not happening. Like he, you're not gonna pin somebody because you did the wing snapper. I did, I just don't I don't know. I don't buy into it. There's not enough oomph to that to that move for you to get one, two, three pin in the middle of the ring with that. At least I don't think it just doesn't make sense. To, it doesn't. I don't know. If you disagree, hit me up on Twitter and let me know what you think uh, at 100 Pod on Twitter. Um, yeah, definitely tell me what you guys think is the worst finish of all time. Um, but that was dark, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the What do we got next? I think let's move into
1: the official <laughs> homework of the week.
0: Yeah, the official homework of the week. Um, Because of Wrestle Kingdom 15, I was watching that Will Ospreay match. And so I kind of deep dived into some of his stuff. And so this match is Will Ospreay versus Amazing Red. The Super J Cup 2019 New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, I just want to say the Stormbreaker is a nuts fucking move in this match. So you guys know what to do with the homework segment. Tell me what you guys think of the match. Hit me up on Twitter at 100ElitePod. Tell me what you think of the match. Um, If it's uh, uh, worthy of uh, even even putting on the homework. I don't know. Uh, Give me a rating. Give me whatever you want. And I will shout you out uh, on the podcast or retweet it. I'll do whatever. Just get me some feedback on these homework segments. Uh, I want to see if you guys like these segments, if you dislike these segments, uh, if you guys want me to change up the way I do these things, all that kind of stuff. Just uh, yeah, feedback, feedback, feedback. Um, I am reworking the YouTube content so that's why I have not been uploading um, the podcast on the YouTube channel as of lately. Uh, Just because YouTube is lame and so I'm reworking all of it. Um, I will definitely be putting YouTube content back out there uh, in the near future, the very near future. Uh, Be doing reaction videos to the homework segments so that'll be its own little segment uh, on the YouTube channel. I will be doing um, uh, watch alongs on the YouTube channel, live uh, feed stuff. All kinds of stuff. It's all coming soon, uh, so stay tuned for sure. Uh, but without further ado, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this uh, podcast here with Dynamite, uh, the, uni- l- 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 the New Year's Smash Part 1. Uh, part 1 was supposed to take place last week, but you know, the untimely death of Brody Lee, uh, you know they moved everything back, back, which was the the right thing to do for sure. Um, this first match was SCU in the Young Bucks versus TH2 in the Acclaimed. Uh, so Kaz and Nick hit the the BT trigger. There was a super kick fucking party in this match. Uh, the best melter ever for the win. Uh, Bucks get uh challenged kind of by SCU after. Basically, they're gonna keep. Uh, fighting until they, you know, Kaz and CD are on this storyline to where Kaz basically told CD, um, "Look, I'm done losing. If we lose again, uh, we're done. This this tag team's over with. I'm done with you. Uh, I'm basically gonna go out on my own." Uh, obviously, we've been knowing for a while that CD kind of wants to take more of a backstage role. And you know, just be head of talent like he is, and and do probably the a million hats that he wears backstage. So, this is a nice last storyline. Hopefully, they meet up with the Bucks. You know, uh, you know the Bucks being their last match would be a really good send off. Or or maybe we'll get something you know a little bit more on the the lines of a singles match. Maybe maybe CD will challenge Frankie to a match, uh, and that'll be where he retires that would be awesome um not that i want you know not that i want him to retire or anything like that i'm not saying all that stuff i just meant it would be awesome for him they've been tagging for so long it would be great for his tag team partner to retire him uh out of the ring um, but the you know the young bucks being uh the tag champs here obviously you know now we kind of know where the finish of their storyline is gonna be at in a way uh you know basically just saying we're gonna not lose until we're worthy to get in the ring with the tag champs so it just kind of makes sense to put two and two together um, after this we had John moxley cutting a promo on Kenny talking a little bit about Ray Phoenix so let's roll it you may have expected me to come out
1: here tonight cussing up a storm screaming bloody murder about the events that transpired on december the 2nd but where i come from life isn't fair and complaining bitching, and moaning is largely a waste of time this is an unforgiving sport in an unforgiving world and sometimes you are on the bad end of a bad deal and when that happens sometimes all you can do is endure, grit your teeth, and take it on the chin, but when that happens, you plant your feet firmly in the ground, you stare down that adversity, and you don't back down an inch. So no, I ain't going anywhere. Well, what to do? With Kenny Omega and that guy he's hanging around with that looks like a used car salesman. Educated see, man. for me, I see things in black and white and I have a zero tolerance policy for shitty people. So an appropriate response tonight in my book would be to run down Kenny and that asshole and beat them both to a bloody pulp with a crowbar. But tonight, the AEW World Championship is on the line. And I gave my heart and soul to protect the integrity of that championship. Tonight, Phoenix has an opportunity. He has scratched and clawed for, for 13 years, with reckless abandon, blood, gut, and heart, the way it's supposed to be. And it's not my right to interfere in another man's destiny, but Kenny. You are not safe. You will never be safe. Just remember. I will get even and then some. When I do something, when I say I'm gonna do something, I do it. When I have a responsibility, I uphold it. When I make a commitment, I see it through. No matter how long it takes, I will forever be in your blind spot, Kenny. The boogeyman will forever be lurking over your shoulder and I promise you, promise you one day you are gonna look into the eyes of the devil and you are gonna beg for mercy when you realize you crossed the wrong guy
0: god that mox is one hell of a talker um, I, I really like the storyline here you know there's obviously a blood feud going on with uh, mox and kenny uh we'll learn a lot more later on at the end of dynamite um but i like where this story is going uh, like uh you know it's kind of weird not seeing mox without the title in his hand like it, it really is like strange not to see him slinging that thing over his shoulder it's definitely gonna need some getting used to uh for me for sure uh, you know and Getting used to Kenny being the champ is a little weird, too. Uh, he's just different. It's not the same. It's not the baby faces. You got this heel that, you know, uh, he's been around and he's been having great matches, but he's not, you know, he's not no John Moxley on the mic. Uh, that's definitely for sure. Uh, after this, we had the best friends uh, talking to Dasha about uh, Trent uh, and his torn pec. Basically he'll be out for three to four to five months. And Mira walks in, huh man, that's a long time. Uh so obviously you need to become my young boy, basically. Uh, which is like a New Japan thing for, you know, the guys that do everything for the the star. Like he basically is like his little lackey. Um and Chuck's like, I'm not no, that's not what's gonna happen. I'm not gonna be your young boy. I know what that is. Don't I'm not stupid um let's you know and then mirror's like okay how about this you know i challenge you on dynamite to a match and if you lose you become my young boy until the wedding uh kip and penelope ford's wedding and you know if i win uh you know or if you win you'll go i'll just like go away or whatever it is and you know chucky uh really doesn't waste any time going yeah whatever will get you to fucking go away just let's do it yeah that's fine okay Awesome, um, uh, I'll beat your goofy ass in the ring or something like that. It's it's a nice, nice funny little segment. I just don't know why they don't just bring in the uh, like a new recruit for their best friends for a little while, or just have Orange Cassidy wrestle the fucking match. Like it's not that it's not that hard. There's already two people standing right there. I don't know how they can't just have tag matches between Miro and Kip right now. But that is besides the point, because after this, we had Wardlow versus Jake Hager. This was a Hoss fight, man. Just brute style, uh, Wardlow tossing Hager all around this fucking ring. Uh, Wardlow hitting that Swanton Bomb uh, and then hitting the F10 for the win. I mean, just to be able to pick up somebody as big as Jake Hager and toss him around the way he did... Uh, let alone F10, that motherfucker. Uh, I really actually liked this match. It was different. It was more ground-based. It wasn't a lot of, uh, I mean, there was one flip in this match, but it wasn't so fast-paced. It was more heavy-hitting, really knocking the wind out of each other. And, you know, I love that Wardlow went over here. I like that he's getting a win. Um, he's becoming one of my favorite wrestlers, just the way his style is, especially when he works with a guy that's a little bit smaller than him, like that, you know, Hangman Adam Page match was fucking killer. I really uh, enjoy his shit, so I can't wait to see what they have in store for him. Um, after this, we had Private Party talking uh about, you know, how they they brought the gin, but they forgot the juice, blah, 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 here comes Snoop Dogg, slamming the fucking juice down on the table, Uh, you know, he probably doesn't go anywhere without a little bit of juice, a little bit of gin and juice, you know what I'm saying, Um, God, that was a horrible uh, old dated reference, so Snoop Dogg coming in here uh, into this fucking vignette, promo thing, Matt Hardy comes in and pretty much steals the rest of the conversation and talks about the thirty one percent that he wants out of their their cut for being their manager and, and getting them wins, blah, blah, blah. Uh this segment in my the whole thing is kind of falling flat for me. Like why is Matt Hardy spending so much time on private party when he could be doing a singles thing? He could be doing anything else but this. And um I don't know it's it's just I I like his heel bullshit that he's doing right now though there's at least that Um, after this team Taz uh, comes out for the weigh-in cage and Darby's weigh-in why the fuck are we doing weigh-ins at a pro wrestling (laughs) I never understood it Cody Cody's done I think a weigh-in Uh, I know it's just to make the match feel like it's a big fight feel and like that real sports entertainment. Uh, but literally cage and Darby are like, what did they say? Like a hundred pounds apart. That's not how weight classes work. Um, (laughs) it's just weird, but uh, you know, Darby Allen saying, let's just get to it. I'm ready to, to get in the meat potatoes. Like I normally say, um, Of this and you know slams his skateboard on the ground and then he kind of gets surrounded by team taz and then boom lights go out and it's sting sting comes back in here and uh makes another little appearance um i don't at this point it's the same shit same shit over and over and over again Uh, it's not a surprise anymore. It's like, oh, okay, what match is he going to appear in next week? Oh, okay, Darby Allin's here. Yeah, um, he's probably going to come out here. Oh, yeah, there's the snow. Okay, yeah, we got it. All right, no talking? Okay, yeah, it's just the same shit. Um, I do want to bring up that belt, though. It's kind of the same plates, but it's a black belt, and I think it's got a red inner lining to it. And, man, it really makes that title pop. I didn't think just a belt change would really change it that much. But when you look at it in detail, man, it really, really makes it shine a lot more with the black belt. And it looks just more official, in my opinion. Like the last one, I I loved it because it was another title. And because, you know, Cody Rhodes was holding on to it for a long time. and, And Brody Lee got to have a run with it, and it, it, it meant something, not that it looked the coolest, but now, I think it's, I think it looks like super sharp, I think it looks awesome, um, but yeah, this segment, uh, ends with Taz saying, I fucking hate the damn snow, and I fucking hate this bullshit, I don't like Sting, like, he just starts going off, um, nice little funny segment, for sure, uh, I, uh, this next segment kind of, kind of threw their whole storyline in in your face, MJF, um, walking in on Hager after his loss, basically saying, you should be still proud of yourself, you're Jake Hager, man, like, you're, you're a fucking killer, like, I, I, you know, I'm proud of you, uh, all this stuff, and he literally says, you know what, man, it's big of you to come in here and do that, um, you're like a nice guy blah blah whatever now get out of here and so mjf is schmoozing all of his teammates to get this big group together I feel like I feel like we're we're gonna see this like uh this big argument between mjf and and Jericho uh and Jericho is basically gonna be like all right man we're leaving. And nobody leaves. Like, everybody's like, nah, man, I think we're going to stay. And Chris is like, no, get your ass in the fucking car. And uh, (laughs) Santana and Ortiz are like, that's not how it works, man. We're we're done. We're done with you. MJF's going to take over the inner circle. Um, I wonder how Wardlow gets out of that, though. I don't think he should stick around MJF too much longer I think he needs to do his own own thing own storyline start pinning people in the fucking ring man Wardlow is going to be the breakout star of 2021 I'm calling it right here right now I just think he's uh man super talented big dude uh but he can work like a like a small guy it's it's just like Brian Cage man he can watch that work that luchador style but he's a fucking hoss who can just toss anybody around. It's, it's, it's killer. Um, the next segment was Jurassic Express. Uh, Marco Stunt kind of cutting a little bit of a promo. FTR. Um, who recently just got their hashtag FTR trademark. So, looks like they're good to go on their name. Uh, but yeah, they kind of pipe in here. Uh, let's roll it. Wow. Marco's done obviously having some fun with negative one last night in AEW Dark. But what is next for the Jurassic Express?
1: Look, Alex, you know the Jurassic Express is full of fun. Yep. But right now, that's not what this is about. See, the Jurassic Express, we're on a quest for the AEW Tag Team voice. Champions. Marco, Marco, wow.
0: Marco, what is the we talk you're talking about? Because you do nothing, you bring nothing to the table, you are worthless. You sit on the outside, you're a glorified mascot, and you let the dinosaur do your dirty work. You let Jungle Boy do your dirty work. You are
1: useless. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe negative maybe negative one was right. You are a loser. Loser,
0: yeah. Oh, uh, you, call you call think it? I'm a loser, loser. huh? Yeah,
1: a loser. A loser. Well, dead. how I beat your ass, and I beat your ass. Next week, I'll take your spot, and I'll beat oh, your ass whoa, in the middle whoa, of the ring. Oh, so next week, Marco stunt and Jungle Boy against yeah. the absolute best tag team on this planet, FTR. Okay, that's I like, like that. The, uh, That's like a uh, Fiat versus a Ferrari. We'll see you next week. Funny. Top guys. Out. Out. Funny. Yeah, walk. And we worry about a flashback.
0: You know, I'm really actually intrigued by this. Uh, Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy versus FTR. This is going to be a brutal uh, fucking beatdown because FTR... They don't really pull their punches, too. I mean, they work super snug. Uh, I mean, look at the match that they had with the Young Bucks. Instant classic stuff there. Uh, You know, in the beginning when they first came around, they really worked the shit out of me. And I thought they were going to come here and not give a shit about this company. But you can really tell that they're... They're in it for the long haul, man. This isn't just about business. This isn't just about money anymore. They they fell into the AEW family trap. And, uh, it, it's really nice. It, you could definitely tell uh, around this time with Brody Lee's passing with Dax and Dash Cash. Cash and Dax. Sorry, their fucking names are so similar to their old names. It's, it's not even funny. Um. Uh, but yeah, I like this. I can't wait for this match, Jungle Boy. I hope I hope he gets the gets the nice uh you know hot tag moment. I hope Marco actually gets some some shit in and doesn't just get his you know fucking ass beat. <laughs> Cause that would not be that would not be good. After this, we had Matt Seidel versus the Prince of Pro Wrestling, the American Nightmare cody roads uh with the always uh high snoop dog uh <laughs> he's the arn anderson tonight with the uh uh the what do they call it uh the waffle house menu uh that he has that's what uh is it taz or is it excalibur tony somebody calls it that the waffle house menu maybe it was chris jericho um but, yeah, Matt starts off high-flying in this fucking match. Cody hits uh, Serpentico, like, halfway through. Um, and for a second, I'm like, is this going to blossom into some kind of a story? No, you see it pan out right at the the end here. Um You see Cody missing a big moonsault. Uh, Matt Seidel gets uh, the shooting star press finally hitting this. No, he didn't. It gets countered. But we actually see him do it. And, it, man, I got to say, him and uh, uh, Mark Quinn really, really have similar uh, airtime when it comes to that shooting star press. Just really cool. I can't wait for him to hit that. Uh, and and get a win with it, I think that would be really awesome, uh, hits that lightning spiral on Cody, man, Cody gets fucking flattened with that shit, um, but Cody ends up, you know, making the comeback and hitting the crossroad two times for the win, um, Chaos Project jumps Cody, and, uh, Matt Seidel gets up and like, you ain't jumping us, and, uh, they end up beating down Luther, beating down Serpentico. Uh, then they they hold down Serpentico while Snoop Dogg does a splash, and he's really hesitant at first. You you can tell that he's you know the adrenaline's pumping. He's kind of whatever, and then he just totally whiffs this fucking splash. It looks like dog shit. It looks really bad, but you know it's Snoop Dogg. He's going off the top rope. It it's. It was still fun in the moment. Uh, even had Sasha Banks tweeting at him like, uh, "We're gonna have to work on this, cuz." Um, but a lot of people were like, "Snoop's on fucking AEW right now!" Like, so now he's, you know, got shit on WWE. I think he had like shirts with like Undertaker. Like, there's just all this stuff with Snoop Dogg in wrestling. I didn't even know he was like a fan, let alone, uh, you know. But this was all because of the Go Big show. It's a a big, you know, big talent show, like a carny type, um, you know, American Idol without singing or dancing or anything like that. It's all like snake charming and, uh, you know, crocodile shit and, and motocross and And uh, all kinds of stuff like that. Which I'm actually here for, man. I'm actually really excited about that. I love Burt Kreischer. um, You know, obviously, like Snoop Dogg, Cody Rhodes, awesome. Um, I don't know who the um, other, I don't know who the blonde lady is. She's some country singer or something like that. But uh, Rosario Dawson, oh my God. Jeez, old Pete's. Big crush on her. And she's Ahsoka Tosh. Oh, my God. The Mandalorian is amazing. She plays an ama- amazing character in that. Also in, like, uh, Clerks 2, I believe. Yeah, Clerks 2. She's in that one. She's also in Jane Silent Bob reboot. Um, but, yeah, I-, I am excited for the show. Uh, I think it-, it came on this week. I have a DVR, so I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, but, yeah. So, after this match, we had... Hikaru Shida versus Abaddon. So me and Zach from the Can Heat podcast are kind of going back and forth on this one. He has what he calls the zombie uh, going over here. He thought she was winning the title for sure. Uh, it was definitely a fun match, but... As soon as she came out the gate, Abaddon tried to start this match off and attack Sheeta, And Sheeta said, yeah, all right, smacked her over the head with a kendo stick. As soon as she did that, I was like, yep, she's winning this match. Look at her dropping this shit. Um, But yeah, uh, Abaddon ends up biting her uh, to counter that, you know, running knee strike. And then pulls her underneath the ring, biting her in her neck again. Um, face smashing in the middle of the ring. Uh, Hikaru Shida getting up, hitting that comeback, hitting that Tomashi for the win. Uh, I was really excited that I, uh, you know, got to put one over on the old, <laughs> on the old orange Zakaty. Um, nice little match. It really was. Uh, it, it. I don't think it was AEW title like caliber, like a. I, it's, I don't know It's just not It's not what I thought it should be You know what I mean I th- I think it. Sh- they should have been ramped up a little bit more I also don't think Abaddon is uh, At that status yet I don't think she can wrestle like a Thunder Rosa Or a, a Sheeta just yet I think she's more gimmick than she is Wrestler You know what I mean But I like I like this match. I like the the neck biting stuff. Um, You know, we've seen the cinematic matches with uh, you know Matt Hardy and Sting talks about doing cinematic matches. How come? How come they didn't use her for a cinematic match? Like save this for like Revolution or like another pay per view and do a nice big. Um, cinematic match with Abaddon where they can make it real scary and and look really fucking cool and kind of have Sheeta be that, uh, you know, Walking Dead, Zombie Slayer type shit. I think it would be really awesome to do something like that. But uh, yeah. Anyways, we get into another women's segment. Uh, So Ty Conti uh, promo on Serena Deeb uh, with the Dark Order, so she's basically saying I'm gonna have the dark order with me. Uh, I don't know if it's officially that she's joined, but she's pretty much, uh, you know, got Anna J by her side. Basically saying I'm gonna take that fucking title from you, Serena Deeb. So Ty Conti versus Serena Deeb for the NWA Championship. Uh, man, Ty Conti is is. Let uh, I mean I really hope she. Not that she takes a title, I just hope she has an incredible match with Serena Deeb and really puts it all out there. And because uh, we got to see a different side of her on the Brody Lee tribute, uh, real aggressive. Uh, all the women in that match really just killed it. Put you know their best foot forward. Sounds cheesy, but they did. They laid it all out there. They really put in the effort, the aggression. Uh, so hopefully we get a match like that out of Tychontei and Serena Deeb. Um after this it was the main event of Dynamite. It was Ray Phoenix versus Kenny Omega. Now, this match was like fucking in- insane, absolutely insane. Um You know, Kenny coming out with that one wing leather jacket, uh, you know, he's just more and more cleaner coming out, man. I really hope that they bring back his New Japan music that really it's so, so good Um, starts off with huge chops. I mean, just sounding like gunshots in that damn ring. Uh, The dragon suplex on the outside of the ring was Insane. The big backdrop on the apron and then on the barricade from fucking uh, Ray Phoenix was nuts, dude. The Hattari Kusher uh, from Kenny Omega. Uh, the big, big backbreaker um, was nuts. Then Ray Phoenix did a flip over German suplex right on fucking Kenny's head. Like, holy shit. Uh, like, I mean, he did a moonsault over top of kenny caught him in a german suplex continued the momentum and slammed him right on his fucking head uh and then they you know kind of roll over towards the apron and uh ray phoenix decides ah, i'm gonna jump on his fucking head and so he does the diving foot stomps to the back of the head right after that german uh, ray phoenix is an absolute nut in this match um You know Kenny's getting the gets a super kick Uh, like I mean he gets super kicked the just his head whips back like it looked so fucking stiff Um, and I I mean there were so many V triggers in this fucking match Kenny hit like four or five Uh, there was a really nice power bomb into a V trigger Um, and he goes for the one wing angel and gets countered into rever- reverse frankensteiner it, like it looked like he almost killed kenny omega just right there that reverse frankensteiner was oh my god you, if you did not watch this yet uh, you got to you got to check out this match this match was five fucking stars in my book it was just so It was just bam, 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 bam. Like they just beat the shit out of each other. Um, You know, Don Callis with the distraction. um, He's about to flip, you know, springboard into the ring. uh, Gets caught with a a big knee from Kenny there. uh, And then fucking phoenix hits that fire thunder driver knees kenny in the fucking head before he hits it uh just a really slick little spot it, even jericho putting it over on commentary he's like my favorite thing in this entire match is that knee to the head before that fire thunder driver it was uh just slick um but yeah eddie uh frog splash almost almost comes about uh, he does the little shimmy and everything and it gets countered um with the knees up and then he goes to jump off the fucking uh turnbuckle again and Kenny Omega catches him in a tiger driver 98. Uh it, holy shit. As soon as uh they get up V Trigger um one wing angel for the win here. This was a just an absolute fucking I mean, they left it all out there. They really did. This was just as good as that Pac-Kenny Omega match. Uh, Really just pulling out the best in people Kenny Omega does. Um, So after this, Don Callis uh, basically says, look, look, Ray Phoenix, you're done. We're going to put you to scrap heap. Pick him up, one wing angel him again, uh, Kenny. And he goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you thought people were going to come rescue you, uh, I got a little surprise for you. And it flashes to the screen and there's Eddie, uh, Eddie Kingston and the butcher and the blade and the bunny. And they're beating down Pac and Pentagon jr. Uh, and you can see Ray Phoenix, you know, pretend to cry or get real upset. And Kenny goes to pick him up. Out comes John fucking Moxley comes out there with that barbed wire bat hits Kenny hard as shit in the stomach and in the arm, uh, ends up tearing him open there. And, uh, you know, going to beat Kenny down with this, this barbed wire baseball bat. And boom, in slides in the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson. And they beat the shit out of John Moxley. Uh, you know, pick him up. Kenny picks up that, uh, that barbed wire bat, hits Moxley with it a bunch, like five or six times. Uh, then they uh, do the magic killer. Um, it's a double team that the Good Brothers use. It's their finisher and uh hit moxley with that the uh the varsity blondes uh, slide in and uh and so do a bunch of extras basically and try to uh stop kenny and the good brothers from beating th- the shit out of phoenix and uh and moxley but they all kind of get taken out here and there and uh you know the bucks run out like hey what is going on what is going on And, uh, you know, kind of talking to Gallows and Anderson. uh, Because, you know, Gallows and Anderson kind of fucked them over. They gave them, hey, man, we're going to be starting this. We would love for you guys to come. You guys are like our best friends over here in New Japan. So this is a sure thing. And they were like, yeah, 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 we'll do it. And as soon as they left the room, oh, we're fucking going to WWE, man. We don't give a shit. And uh, so they've always kind of had like a, a high and dry. Instead of Santana and Ortiz showing up. Um, it was supposed to be Gallows and Anderson, I think. Attacking them was the big storyline they were going to push at first. Uh, they talk about it in the spoilers. One, two, three spoilers um, in the Young Bucks book. They they kind of go into more detail about it. I just squeaked. Um, but yeah, it, it, this was fucking incredible. The Varsity Blondes grab a hold of Kenny Omega, like, come on, uh, we you know we can take him and uh, you know. Big Gallows uh, hits uh, Griff Garrison with uh, the belt, and uh, Matt Jackson super kicks Brian Pillman Jr. in the face right off of Kenny Omega, and now you're like, oh shit, I get it. So the Young Bucks have fully turned on everybody. They are full heel. They're all fucking. Uh, they're they're in now, man. And then. Gallows and Anderson hold up the two sweet, so does Kenny, and the Bucks are kind of reluctant at first. Like, man, what what do we do here? And Nick holds it up. Matt holds it up. They got the Bullet Club two sweet held up in the air. It's uh it's definitely a sight to see. These guys haven't been around each other for a long time. Back in the ring together, uh Impact has invaded uh aew i'm i'm super fucking excited about this um i i just they already have a shirt out says for life on it i can't wait to fucking buy that don't tell my wife um i dude the bullet club in here and now this is what i want to talk about if jay white comes to aew and joins the fucking club Oh, don't call him the club. That's the WWE thing. If they join the new Bullet Club with um, uh is also a free agent. He could get signed and get put into this new Bullet Club. And they can start this shit all over again. And, and it'd be white hot. I hope they make like a, a, parody, a, ugh, a parody of the old... Um, bullet club skull shirts like something just along the lines of that would just be awesome i'd buy that too don't know my wife and uh, uh, so th- this has just got me super excited uh about what's to come for night two of new Year's smash um i also have to i forgot about it in the news um so dynamite they you know they the guys that are all working there all the talent and everything are kind of uh Kind of sick of Daly's place right now. And you know for morale. Going you know being at the same place. And, and with Brody Lee's passing. And all that stuff. They are going to be moving Dynamite to Miami. Until after Revolution. I believe for. So Beach Break. All that stuff will be taped. uh, In Miami. Uh, I don't know if it will be taped or live yet. But I th- I know that they're moving the show. Until uh, after Revolution. So I mean, it's going to be cool, a nice change of pace, uh, hopefully, it's because uh, I think at this point in time, they were supposed to be on the cruise, if I'm not mistaken, so this would be, this would just be a nice little break, uh, I hope it's still some place that fans can go so we can still get the noise, or just fucking pipe it in and have all the the extra stand around the ring. Uh, you know, Austin Gunn is more of a crowd for, uh, than than most of the most of the people out there in the stands for sure. So, um, but yeah, that was fucking dynamite this week. It was a killer episode of Dynamite. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, you know, I, I also heard uh, what's going on in the world, and I don't fucking watch the news. So I watch Dynamite, and I don't get into all that shit. So it just didn't even phase it didn't phase me so i watched dynamite with uh you know just uh, the love of pro wrestling over everything else right now uh it's keeping me afloat it's it's definitely awesome so um with dynamite being over that brings us to our next segment it's the,
1: the official
0: match of the week all right everybody i think you fucking know what the match of the week is the match of the week is Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix for the AEW world championship this match was absolute uh just a barn burner it was so good they, they it was super stiff super snug uh, they beat the shit out of each other it was what you want out of both of these incredibly talented competitors and then the ending to that That just the whole end of the episode, it was um, it was history making. It really was history making uh, was this episode of Dynamite or the main event, at least. Um, So what I was thinking, so this is my fantasy booking segment. Uh, I I think this is how they push the blood and guts. Uh, like you know, the war games, whatever. So now they got uh Kenny Omega, they got the Young Bucks, and they got the Good Brothers. So there's their five right now. You take John Moxley, Pac, Penta, and Ray Phoenix and then who just teamed up with uh, the lucha bros and Penta or in PAC not too long ago oh that's right Lance fucking Archer so you bring that f- guy in there 5 on 5 or you have John Moxley go over to uh, Hangman Adam Page and be like hey man you know your your old buddies are fucking up uh, you mind giving me a hand and Hangman's like yeah I'll get some cowboy shit going uh, so they could throw him in there or Mox could go over to Cody and say, hey, Cody, uh, War Games, I think I need a Rhodes in this fucking match. And Cody would be like, yeah, I'm fucking there, bitch. And then the shit would be on. Um, I, I really hope this is going towards blood and guts. I, I don't see it not happening that way. With those five coming back together, um, maybe they they pull some impact talent. Maybe it's Moxley... Penta Phoenix Pac, and the TNA World Champion, or you know somebody else in that in that line of uh, what they're going for. I just would really like to see it. I think it would be fucking amazing. Um, COVID's not going away anytime soon, so if I would pull the trigger on it sooner than later, maybe the, maybe pull it out of Revolution. I think that would be awesome. Um, I'm really excited for Revolution this year. Revolution is one of my favorite pay per views of all time. I think it was a killer show. So I really like the light up, you know, entrance ramp and all the stuff that they did was just incredible for that pay per view. It really felt special. And I think that was, wait a minute, that was the last pay per view that we had before all this pandemic shutdown shit uh, that happened. So um, obviously super pumped for that i will be watching i know you guys will be watching uh don't forget to add me on twitter at 100 elite pod the official 100 elite podcast twitter page um and tell me what you guys thought of the episode and if you're listening on apple podcast please rate this five stars leave a review i will read your review on the podcast i promise um yeah, without further ado, stay safe guys. Uh, you know, 2021 uh hopefully is a lot better than 2020. Uh let's uh let's start it off with uh you know, kindness, spread kindness all over the place. I also even though I don't have any affiliation with this at all. If you can by any way shape or form, I don't know if there might be a billionaire listening to this podcast if you guys can help out the Barstool Fund. It's keeping small businesses uh, afloat through the pandemic. Obviously, we're not all famous people who can donate millions of dollars, but I know that they do have a fundraiser going in. Every single dime is going to small businesses right now uh, with, you know, places getting shut down and people can't even run their businesses, but, you know, politicians are still getting paid. Um, this would be a great way to help. Uh, the less fortunate out. So big shout out to Dave Portnoy and the Barstool Fund. I have no affiliation. I'm not getting any money from them or anything like that. I just think it's a really fucking great cause. Also, uh, if you want to do something for uh, Brody Lee, you can buy a CM Punk shirt, a uh, a McFoley t-shirt, or Cactus Jack, or whatever else is on Pro Wrestling Tees. All the proceeds would be going to Brody Lee's family along with Brody Lee t shirts. You can buy one of them and they will go to, I think, forever. You can buy a Brody Lee shirt forever and the money will just go to his family. So, um, yeah, I think that about does it for this episode of the 100% Elite podcast. Don't forget to tune in next week when we cover night two of New Year's Smash. Um, It's going to be another jam-packed week of AEW content with Dark. Um, Another great uh, homework segment from yours truly. And uh, I think we might have Zach Preston, uh, aka Freshly Squeezed Orange Zachity, back on the pod next week. Uh, So yeah, check it out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you on the next one. We are
1: many, you are one, we have plenty. You have some, you're taking this so serious, but I'm only doing this for fun.
0: You're walking backwards while I run, met with doubt because you're out on. Open my mouth this high, you're up, regretting what you just begun. You're never stopping me, you're never stopping this. You never saw me coming,
1: but you must acknowledge this.